0: Time I'm suddenly regretting a choice I've made. Just kidding. I've done it 8,000 <laughs> times in my life. But I'm realizing last month when I saw that there were nine white middle aged male Pennsylvania lawmakers trying to openly challenge Roe versus Wade, and I really haven't heard where that's at right now. I got mad. I got frustrated. I'm like, when are we going to start letting people... It's America, right? So I don't know if people are familiar with the term freedom. Apparently, it gets Hmm. bandied about quite a bit. Um, The whole notion is you are free to do what you do so long as it does not harm another, but then you have to have the guts to let other people live their life as they will, and that seems to be the challenging part. And a woman is supposed to have... Rights over not only what she does. I'm not even getting into equal pay for equal work. I'm not even getting into any of the things that are obvious the very very basics you are an american you are an individual you and i frankly i think it should extend over the whole planet but let's just let's confine it to america if you believe in freedom if you believe in liberty that means self determination let that person do as that person will and when i read that article i got so mad i got so angry i'm like fuck off we are doing an all female february because It turns out, Sean, and this may come as a surprise to you and many other people, probably not
1: our listeners, but many people, it turns out women are human beings too. Shocking, right? I know. I'm so, like, what a new revelation. Like, what a cool... I'm
0: I'm still processing the information myself, (laughs) if I'm honest, but it made me so mad, so I decided to say, we're doing all-female February, and now I know that technically March is international or national women's month. I didn't want to wait, but then I realized, you know, because February is Black History Month, Yes, and it's always made me so mad because I'm like, so really, we decide we're doing Black History Month, and we gave black people the shortest month of the year? I know. Fuck you and fuck me. <laughs> fuck, <laughs> fuck white men, man, man. I'm, I'm done with us. I, you know, I, I jokingly say often, like, when is the middle-aged white male finally going to have his day? His day is over. Now, that doesn't mean we have to capitulate and roll over and listen to everybody else, but it means we have to start being grown ups. It means we have to start thinking about what it means to coexist with every single one of our fellow humans. And so when I mentioned that I like had my a regret, which I said was my first, but not... I feel bad that I decided it was all female February. It's just being a long-term radio dork. The alliteration is great. Couple of F's back to back. To me, that was the appeal. But I just I didn't want to wait anymore. So, women, anybody who is female-identifying, they that whoever you are, I apologize that I made it February. But I was impatient. I didn't want to stop talking. Two women, about women, for women, any of that. And I just, I got impatient. And here's the deal. Long before All Female February, you and I have had some brilliant women on this show. Yes. By the way, it is The Brian Oak Show, and we are in the Smart Start MN Studios. And we'll continue to make that an important part of what we do, because this is a podcast about the stories of where we are. The Upper Midwest is unique. And for people who are very coast-adjacent... They- Many of them, unless they've been here or spent any significant time here, still think of it as flyover country, and nothing could be further from the truth.
1: Well, I think my friends that live in New York and Arizona and California all are like, "What? Why is Minnesota so progressive? You guys are isn't like I remember Little House on the Prairie and like isn't that your? <laughs> they do some of them. I'm like heading to Olson's Mercantile for some salt, uh, salt pork. And, and the I'm snow like, I'm like no, we live in a very progressive state. But that being said. The Twin Cities are much more progressive than even 30 miles outside of the Twin Cities. You're
0: talking to a guy who grew up in a town called Coon Rapids, and even though it's only 30 minutes from here, it's it is the I've always referred to it growing up as the biggest small town I've ever been in. I grew up there. I mean, and it it helped inform part of who I was, but there was also a reason I hit the ground running at 18. It's just how it works. So I guess my whole point about this is sorry to have assigned all-female February to the shortest month of the year, but also even though I don't know that we'll change anything permanently, I believe that it's now more than ever, whether we're talking people of color, color, whether we're talking trans people, whether we're talking about women, no matter what— Everyone's voice needs to be heard right now, and we're at a very critical juncture because things are so sharply contrasted right now. It, there are sometimes I turn on the television and it literally churns my guts. Like again, the whole reason for All Female February was reading that article. We have to do better. We're all human beings. It's got, I know it's not going to change today, and I know sound like a, a silly idealist. It's got to change. Not at
1: sure? all. You 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 know, it's very frustrating because there's part of you that is, feels helpless and feels profoundly disappointed with humanity mm, but a big part of but, me but I'm we honest. have to you know, as i said to my my mom is very much a feminist and and you know makes the comment about being second class citizens but she says we have to do something even if you don't feel like it's a ton you have to do something
0: and, and, you know? and to me for guys like you and i a couple of real loudmouth Talky middle-aged <laughs> white guys. Sorry, it, it's, it's it, but true. It, I'm not. I'm not wrong, am I? No. Um,
1: I'm just speaking for myself, though. I, I will probably not ever
0: stop talking too much, but my, my priority for the last few years has been listen more. If someone's saying something, try. Even if you're like. Mm-hmm. listen a little bit more because it may not change your world, but you might learn something and also let other people have a spot to talk. Let other voices come out. Let's do better, man. And I know that sounds idealistic and overly simplified.
1: Let's fucking do better. As long as that, whatever they're saying, isn't about hate and exclusion. Of course. That's that's the only exception. No, I know, but I mean, sometimes people think, oh, should I, should I just listen to my uncle who is an idiot? Oh, no, no, idiot, no, 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 no,
0: The only thing I'm intolerant about is intolerance. And I know that sounds silly, but it's absolutely true. You know, there was a huge influx uh, when there was a massive exodus from uh, by Hmong people, and that was the first one. And now mm-hmm. Somalian people, people who are literally displaced, and the people who fear change or fear our mutual humanity, the sad thing is we're not going to live to see it, but 400 years from now, when everyone has lived everywhere, when we've all intermingled... It won't be a thing anymore, but right now, people still believe in imaginary lines. They believe that their sky god is more important than someone else's sky (laughs) god, and I'm not trying to diminish those who are of faith. I'm just saying there will come a day where we realize we're all the same thing, and I just want to do a small part of that. Before we meet tonight's guest, who I'm very excited to talk to because she has a lot of spirit, she's been around, she has walked a lot of the same corridors that I've walked, and I'm looking forward to talking to her. Uh Angie Heights will be joining us here shortly. I do want to mention Smart Start MN, one of our sponsors, our initial sponsor, our primary sponsor, they are the origin originators rather of Minnesota's ignition interlock system. What is that? Put in the most basic terms, it's a breathalyzer in your car. If you have had a DUI, if someone you know has had a DUI, if a friend of a friend of a friend has had a DUI, It's going to be a long road back to normalcy, and it's going to be an expensive road as well. Getting back into your vehicle, being allowed to drive again is one of the easiest ways to get back to your life, your work, getting your kids to daycare, wherever you have to get them going to get groceries, whatever the case may be, and they can get you there way sooner than you'd expect for way less than you would expect. They provide an important service. Mike and Ed are a couple of great guys. Lawyers, still technically lawyers, but this has become what they do now, and they've really set the model for what people do nationwide for this, and they're really good. Sean and I both trust them, and we recommend you contact them. What's the best way to contact those people, Sean?
1: Uh, It's really important to us that you go to smartstartmn.com slash slash The Brian Oak Show, because that's the way that they measure that this advertising is working. And uh, in order for you to be able to do that and get the discount uh, on the installation, um, you just have to go to that particular site, smartstartmn.com, slash The Brian Oak Show for 20% off.
0: I always promise promise that this opening segment is going to be short and sweet, and we'll get to the guest right away. This might be the longest one we've done yet, because... (laughs) Well, because I... I'm just so tired of all the stupid, right? And so I'm not. I'm not going to rave about that. A couple of weeks ago, we announced that for those of us who are old enough, the single greatest festival you've ever heard of in the entire world has been announced, coming up in early May out in Los Angeles. Now, forget the fact that Morrissey is the headliner because he is a. I don't even know the right word to use. Every cuckoo, I, I whatever, worthless, pointless, past his prime, AKA. Biden and Sanders, let's vote women. What do you say in this upcoming election? I am election? all
1: about that.
0: Warren or Klobuchar, I don't care who it is. Let let's let's try something else because right now things are fucked. So essentially, I guess that's what I'm saying about Morrissey as well. Beyond Morrissey, though, you look at the lineup for this festival, Bauhaus, Devo, Echo and the Bunnymen, Psychedelic Furs, Violent Femmes, The Church, English Beat, PIL, Gary freaking Newman, Berlin is going to be there, Missing Persons, 45 Grave, unless you're a real old specific weirdo like myself, you've probably never heard of 45 Grave. But also this band we're about to hear right here is going to be there. Parallel Lines came out in 1978, and in my personal book, it's a top 10 all-time album. There are massive hits on it. This was the record that made their career a little deeper cut right here. But Blondie, 1159, thanks for listening to The Brian Oak Show. to Parallel Lines and then seriously think about acquiring tickets to, you know, I'm a man of fewer resources than I used to be, but coming up, that festival that's coming up, Cruel World, Bauhaus, Blondie, who we just heard, Devo, Echo and the Men, Psychedelic Furs, Violent Femmes, The Church, yes, it sounds like a nostalgia fest, like if they had decided to redo Woodstock in the late 80s, early 90s, you'd be like, whoa, and all that. Okay, boomer. Boomers all would have raced to get there. I'm going to be honest, this is
1: I am I am at the target of this. I think I'm going, man. I think I might need to go too. I'm taking I'm it out going. of my funeral savings account and my thought is that people will be like well, fuck it, the funeral was really cheap and shitty, but he got to go to this really cool show.
0: <laughs> like, that is what I'm going to do. His name is Sean Bernard, and what I want to do is meet this episode's guest, episode 31, I believe, <laughs> the Brian Oak Show or episode, whatever it is. I lose count. You know, I asked her for a bio. We are doing All Female February, but when I read a bio, I feel like I'm damning someone with faint praise. I don't feel like we're meeting the person very much. So I'm going to start by saying hello to Angie Heights. Hi, Angie.
2: Hello. Hello, hi, Brian.
0: Before we talk about you, what you're done, and especially what you have coming up, where are you from? Where were you born?
2: I was born in Big Lake, so talk about, uh, you know, r- red, red areas uh-huh. here. So yeah, I got I got the Politically fuck red out. is what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I got yeah. the fuck out as so, soon as I could. Coon Rapids seems
0: fairly liberal yeah, compared to yeah, Big Lake. Yeah, I mean yeah? that was
2: cosmopolitan. Yeah, <laughs> this was this was. Uh, I mean oh. my graduating class had 52 people.
0: Mine had 770 yeah. and Coon Rapids yeah. still felt very small but my dear friend Marty Greninger refers to that area north of the Twin Cities as the North Suburban Cultural Corridor.
2: Yes, accurate. wonderful. So
0: you were born in Big Lake. You you grew sure up was. there. Mm-hmm. What is it like to grow up in a genuinely, not like rural? It's not like there aren't other people around you, but Big Lake is a fairly removed area, especially when you consider and compare it politically, philosophically, ide- ideologically to the Twin Cities. What's it like growing up there for you?
2: You know, honestly, you know this was in the seventies and eighties, so it was a while ago, and it's a different place now. But it was it was really charming, and and you know, I got played outside all day and. My dad is a, was a teacher and, you know, and all of that stuff. So, so you was, had thinkers
0: in your family. I did, yeah. And you're also yeah. living, though, in a, a as a guy, as a kid who grew up in Coon Rapids, we lived on the, uh, just a brand new development. So behind us were literally acres of wood. So I got to get outside. But then growing up as a Boy Scout and my dad being an outdoor enthusiast, we went camping. I've been to the Boundary Waters. 20, maybe 25 times. Living in that kind of an area, there is, even if maybe politically and philosophically it's not quite as progressive as one might like, there are true wonders to living in outstate
3: Minnesota.
2: There really are. You know, I uh, I spend a lot of my time as a kid growing um, uh, and, and on dairy farm. Uh, they would take care of us when my parents went out of town. So mm-hmm. I've had cows named after me, which is pretty rad. How many? Um, I mean, more than one. I've seen more than one cow. Like, they would wake us up in the middle of the night, like... Bessie's given birth or whatever, you know, <laughs> and they would so hustle it, us is out is to the it barn.
0: So is Angie 2.0, <laughs> yeah, Angie 3.0? Yeah,
2: I, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> it was a while ago. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure those cows are long gone. Uh, they were dairy cows. But, uh, you know, I really, I did have this sort of idyllic um, upbringing, which was, which was really charming and lovely. And my now my, both my parents and my sister live out there. I don't like going back there, I'll be honest. Uh, those aren't my people anymore. Yeah. Like it's it's weird. So I don't
0: go to Coon Rapids yeah. very often, I'll be <laughs> honest. And again, no no shame on anyone who lives no. there. I just I did my time there and it absolutely informed who I was, but I made different choices Yep. and it was for time sure. to go. So Angie, you for many years have been restaurant and bar adjacent yes. and uh you've also You sling wine. I do. Professionally. And I mean, but you and I also happen to have, oh my God. I mean, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds (laughs) of mutual friends on on social media. But, you know, you and I haven't crossed paths very many times in our lives. But it's, you know, that's why I like these stories. It's like why, why I like talking to people. So before we get into who you are and where you are now and what's coming up next, how did you come to the Twin Cities from Big Lake?
2: You know, uh, it was mostly just about getting out. I think when I was 19, I ended up going to um, <clears throat> the community college, Minneapolis Community College, and just moved to Loring Park and had this shitty little apartment that was, I think, $310 or something. I mean, it's crazy. I lived in one of those uh, yeah, shitty little yeah, apartments uh-huh. that has, has
0: since been cleared away when they yeah. built the new convention center. But I did the exact same thing at 19 years of age, raced yep. downtown. My parents were like, Well, we're moving to Rhode Island. You can come with us. I'm like, Hmm, no job, no friends nothing, or move downtown, be dirt poor, do drugs, Uh and explore my (laughs) own life. I was cold. I was hungry. And it was the best thing that ever happened to me.
2: Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, I I moved here when I was 19, and then shortly thereafter, I started working in restaurants and- Man, uh, it sucked me in. I'm a lifer now. This this is who can, I am as a person. Can so. you throw
0: out any name? I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> oh but yeah, for sure. A- like any um, names of restaurants my, or places that well, see, slung you slung drinks know, or food I, at. I am
2: of a certain age, so a lot of these places are long gone. But my my first real restaurant job was the Loring Bar and Cafe. Oh. And then I worked at the New French Bar and Cafe. Yep. So like these are pretty, you know standards.
0: The original Loring is now Lercot, right? Correct. Like that yep. same spot yep. right there on the corner. Cuz exactly. mm-hmm. John Clifford who owns Hi-Fi right around yes. the corner yep. has been on this show before yes. as well.
2: Yeah, I mean I and I lived in Loring Park and it was it was uh the Loring uh, for all the shittiest stuff that's come out of it. Uh it was one of these like magical almost cult like places and I am still friends with a lot of the people that I worked with twenty five years ago. My
0: bachelor dinner in nineteen ninety six was at the Lord. Yeah, it
2: was probably working. <laughs> I was there. in Well, 96. thanks because
0: the food yeah. was great and the service was excellent. Well, the Angie. service was
2: probably shitty, but uh, but well,
0: here's the here's the only thing I'll say about because <laughs> we were all high. So. I, I like, well, lucky. <laughs> uh, the only thing I'll say about that is the service was good, the food was excellent, the atmosphere there was unparalleled. Oh, magical. But there was just a touch of attitude and side-eye from
2: every one of the servers
0: there. And by a touch, I mean...
2: I actually got told there a lot, like, you're too nice to work here. And I'm like, I'm just doing my job. You know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, could you try to be a little shittier to yeah, our customers so you don't raise the standard for everybody? <laughs> All right. So you work in the service industry and work. And th- th- that's one of the other things. The, the whole point of this podcast is about talking about stories and the people who inform this place. But over your time there, you meet people, you make connections, you grow. Obviously, music was also clearly an important part to you. like Absolutely did that happen first when you were young like I mean oh, like, yeah like I mean, when you're living in a small place like Coon Rapids there were 50,000 people there back in the early 80s but I felt like I was living in the smallest town ever music was my escape it was my Oasis oh, so same for you
2: percent a hundred percent yeah mm-hmm. I like that like I would go I would I was the oldest one of my friend groups and so I had the I was the first one to get my driver's license so every Sunday we would pile into my Plymouth duster and we would go to a Sunday night <laughs> dance party yeah Every you had a duster in Sunday, yes. What color absolutely. was it? It was light blue, baby powder oh, blue. Nice, blue nice.
3: That's actually the name of
2: So that's actually my new
0: acoustic side project is light blue duster. <laughs> nice. But I mean, so and I did the same thing. My friends and I, we would pile into whoever. My buddy Chris had a VW bus, and we would pile in. And at least once a month, hopefully more if we could, we would go downtown and we go to Northern Lights and buy oh, records, yeah, of you and have we to go would go to Shindler's to buy yeah. comic books yes. because we were nerds, <laughs> but. (laughs) also like you're like okay I'm a I'm a awkward new wave dork from the northern suburbs with a bad haircut and a trench coat and peg jeans and converse, (laughs) but you'd come downtown, and as you joked about before, it seemed very cosmopolitan. I'm like, I'm in the fucking city. This this feels like civilization. These are my people. Oh. Yeah, So I couldn't wait to get back there. So music is obviously a big part of it, and once you move here, and even when you're dirt poor and you're just broke and barely hanging on and doing your job, you still somehow you probably got there right at the end before First Avenue stopped really papering every show. Yeah. Like there oh, were yeah. Times used where to have go piles and
2: piles of those things. They would, they, they would give you things. a giant yeah. handful yes. of because they weren't making nope. any money off tickets. pay it was to all... get into First Avenue for, like, at least 10 years. Yeah, th- th- those
0: <laughs> days are sadly gone, yeah, but for people who weren't there during the Halcyon it was days, pretty great. every show you went to or a dance night, like yeah. even your Sunday night dance night, you'd walk out with, like, tickets to yes. eight upcoming shows. They're like, we just want bodies yeah. in the door. And <laughs> I mean that was a good time. What is is the first time you remember being, and again, this, I'm putting you on the spot, it's so okay. if you can't think of it, what is the first time you remember being just shell-shocked by something you saw at First Avenue that you did well, not expect to see?
2: the first show that I went to uh, at First Avenue was Jane's Addiction. Wow. In, the, in the main room. Yeah. yeah that was it. That was like getting what? my cherry popped was Jane's Addiction. Yeah. Well, I get you out know, to I mean, say the so, very least. yeah. yeah no, I, right.
0: I mean, I caught a couple of great shows in there. I mean, like Radiohead, back when they still oh, wrote songs nice. and were mellow, I saw, that was the first time I ever nice. saw them in there. Uh, and I did see Queen Latifah in there. But Jane's Addiction, from the get, were this massive, dynamic band I I don't know. I think getting your cherry popped is damning your experience with (laughs) fake praise. That's pretty massive.
2: Yeah, I was 15, maybe just 16. Sixteen, I think this was eighty nine, ninety somewhere in there. Wow. So yeah, that was uh, that was a little bit mind blowing for sure,
0: to say the very least. Speaking of music and mind blowing, let's get to another song before we bore people together with just you and I, like oh, talking we could just about do first. This all day. Yeah. I could literally do this all day, and <laughs> in fact, often have. Uh, the first song you're going to play is by a band that I think most people have heard this song, but I don't think many people know the story about this band. And I'm not expecting you to be a biographer about it, but it's. By X-Ray Specs. And I know that you chose this song because we're doing All Female February. So when you hear the the title Oh Bondage Up Yours... You know, if people are into collars or zipper masks little or spankies, restraints. yeah, right? Little spankies. <laughs> that that actually now is the new name of my acoustic side project, Sean. Little spankies. It, it's cool if you're into that. That's not what we're talking about no, here, is it? No, no,
2: no. We are not talking about that at all.
0: We are talking about, well, what I could seem to shut up about at the beginning of the show, that women are people and people of color are people. And right. You know what? Actually, you could make it even simpler than that. And this is going to sound super silly when I say it. People are people, aren't they? I mean, like every single one of them. I knew that's what it's going to do. Fucking human
2: beings. I mean,
0: but why did you pick this one in particular? You
2: know, um, I just I love polystyrene. I just think she was a force to be reckoned with, and you know, she's you know she's half Somali, uh, going back to that, and half British, and you know, she was not a, a an attractive lady. Uh, but she was just probably fed up and pissed off because she had a lot of a lot of all of the things were, uh, you know, attacking her all at once. And I just I love that that she started x Specs. She's she's just spectacular.
0: Punk rock. Human rights. Punk as fuck. The whole yeah. bit. Punk as fuck.
4: Some people think little girls should be seen and not heard. But I think.
0: You know, that's a classic, obviously, but I haven't heard it in so long. Good pick, Andy. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, not only because of the aesthetic quality of it, but because it really, really, really fits all female February. Because polystyrene, you know, punk rock was about kicking against the system, right? Subverting the dominant paradigm. But most people were just pissed off and bored and poor and right. just kicking against the system. Sure. Whereas she grew up with a single mom and she, as you mentioned, was mixed. And in England in the late 70s, early 80s, that's not a no. I mean, well, and to some people. To be mad about. A lot to be mad about. (laughs) But also decided to channel into something that she passed on to other people. And I didn't realize that she had died so young. I know she died in 2011. You told me breast cancer. That was exactly it. It metastasized and went to her spine and other parts of her body. And cancer. Can go fuck itself.
2: Can totally go fuck itself. Oh, yes. I, I've lost
0: a couple people in the last couple of years to it, and you wonder how am I still standing. But yeah, she died at the age of fifty three. You know. But polystyrene, her band X-ray Specs, and I can't remember the name of it, but I remember seeing a good but brief documentary about her not too many years ago. Look it up online. Polly yeah, Styrene, it. P-O-L-L-Y. It just, she, and also talk about like in an era when everyone was picking names like Dave Vanian or. Rat scabies. Poly- <laughs> polystyrene is a very, very cool. It's punk pretty rock name. She wanted
2: something that sounded like plastic. That's what she was going for.
0: Because talk about the eighties, yeah. plastic sound, or the seventies yeah, in her right. case, there, but still. Ah, Angie Heights is our guest. So Angie, you moved to the Twin Cities, you come up through the service industry, which is not an unfamiliar tale, and at some point you start becoming a wine slinger. Before I hear about the specifics of that business, did you choose that because you love wine?
2: I did. I did. Yeah. I really really, you know, the thing that I love about wine most is its history and geography. You know, um I just I can dig into that stuff for hours. You know, it's it's obviously something that's delightful to drink, and it gets you drunk, so win-win. Well, there's that part, but but (laughs)
0: that's the whole reason I asked. I'm glad to hear you say that. Recently, we had Rabbi Zimmerman on from Temple Israel in Uptown, and in addition to being sort of a maverick and a pioneer in her field, not a lot of female rabbis, and especially when she started, very few, but I asked her, was the spirituality the most important point, or the unbelievably millennia-long tradition of what you do? Is that the point? And so, to hear that the, the history, the geography the evolution of wine and what it means to cultures and people that's obviously a big part of the appeal for you yeah
2: yeah i mean that was a huge part of the the appeal and a lot of it was my kids were young and i i needed a job that i didn't work until three in the morning Mm. that that was good too um (laughs) so so there's so there's that for sure and then you know because i sort of consider myself a sort of a lifer in the industry as it were, it was always a way for me to keep my toe in the water because basically what I do is, you know, I sell wine to restaurants and wine shops and what have you. So it was really just a way for me to, you know, use all of the connections that I had made um, and still sort of get to pay attention and and be involved in it without having the, you know, the grueling hours and, and all of that stuff. So.
0: Although I still imagine it's a little grueling because now you're on the sales end and you have to convince people that, Wine, long before craft brewing or craft distilling sort of went, you know, geometric, wine has always sort of been geometric, and there has never been a shortage of people trying to get in the game. It's a crowded field. You have to try to convince people that, like, hey, look, instead of... What's the one with the kangaroo on it? Yellowtail oh, yeah. or barefoot? Yeah. I, I understand. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, and don't no, hold yeah. back. But I mean, like, new things are coming along all the time, but people are like, well, this is what sells. This is the tried and true. How do you, as a person who it's your job to move units on new things, convince people other than getting them loaded on it? How well, do you convince them? Well, you know, that's helpful
2: them? when you roll around with a bag of 12 bottles of wine or whatever. But, you know, honestly, for me... Um, because I work for a small kind of boutique importer, distributor, a lot of our producers are just small farmers, and I've, I've been lucky enough to go to France a couple of times, and you get to meet them, and they're just, they're farmers, man, you know, and like, it's selling a story, so that's sort of how I sell wine, you know, the, the hardest part about my, my gig slinging wine is like, I'm dry, it's a kind of a lone wolf position, I'm like driving around in my car all day, and you know, I'm popping in and selling the story, and so that selling the wine isn't so hard, it's just... Um, it's just a lot of miles on, on your car and you kind of never get to shut it off.
3: <laughs> you know, uh,
2: so, right. so there's that. <laughs>
0: yeah. How big is your, I mean, like, and for some people it might not be fascinating, but to me, I love talking to you cause I think you're a dynamic person. You've lived a life that a lot of us have lived here in the twin cities and now you're doing your own thing and you have this super cool new project coming up. But what is it? When was the first time you took a, you sipped a glass of wine you're like, Hmm, that shit's good.
2: You know, I don't know that I I can ever like hearken it back to like this aha moment necessarily mm-hmm. because it was something that I was always sort of uh, interested in. But we used to have uh, at the Loring going back to the mid-90s and we used to have this little uh, bottle of wine called Ma de Gour- Gourguigny and it's uh, carried by the wine co. And it was like organic before anybody was organic. and And it's from the south of France and it was dirt cheap. And I mean, it came in this funny little squat bottle and it was just one of those things where it was... You know, you're sitting in the Loring, and it's freaking beautiful there. And you got, you know, twinkly lights and ficus trees and, you know, Victorian couches. And whatever. It really was gorgeous yeah, in there it back, was. By the way. back it in the day. Really it was, was gorgeous. And then, you know, you're drinking this wine, and you just feel it was like you were going to a different place. And, you know, being from this small town, um, I was fascinated with, you know, Europe and, you know, just all of this stuff. And it was like, man, this is like. This is really cool. So
0: Civilization. Yeah, right? It felt like yeah. civilization. Yeah. One last question before we get to your next song, because every guest who comes on is required to pick a minimum of two songs. Is it true, as many people have stated, particularly Rob Lowe in the classic film Wayne's World, <laughs> that champagne is only called officially champagne if it comes from the Champagne region of France? Otherwise, it's simply known as sparkling wine is that actually true? That is
2: one hundred percent true.
0: I just need some verification yeah. because it sounds right. It does, but it also sounds corny, and yeah. I can only imagine that I'm probably the 427th person who's asked you that.
2: No, no, you know, I think it's a. I think that's really common for people just to think of any sparkling wine as champagne, but you know, like anything in France. And that's why uh, wine can be a little bit daunting for a lot of people, particularly when it comes from France or Italy, because it's named after the place that it came from, and it doesn't necessarily tell you what grapes are in it or what it is. Um, but yes, if it, it Champagne is a place in France, and it's, you know sparkling wine is their jam. Um, but if it's sparkling wine from somewhere else, we, I just call them bubs, bubbles, whatever, um,
0: <laughs> which are delicious by they the way. Are, but I oh, find.
2: Kryptonite, for I, sure. I was going to say, <laughs> yeah.
0: I, I, you, oh, you put it way better than I could. I was just going to say I enjoy them. But a night of them means the next day is going to be a hideous white axe through the middle of your head place <laughs> to be. And uh, I don't know that I've ever had anything worse than a champagne hangover in my entire And I've drank some garbage. I used to drink Southern Comfort. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, I've had some garbage. A champagne hangover has such... <clears throat> An electric, real, nerve-rending edge. I just, I'm so leery when I get around it. Or, oh, I'm sorry, yeah. or bubs. The I, bubs. I don't, the think bubs, that I, I don't know yeah. that I've ever mm-hmm. had proper champagne.
2: Oh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll try to fix that for you. <laughs> mm.
0: Angie Heights is our guest. Please don't do me any favors. Let's go ahead and hear your next song. What are we playing next?
2: All right. We've got uh, Hot Topic by La Tigre.
0: La Tigre is. Didn't. Oh no, I'm thinking a bikini kill. Bikini well, so kill. Same, so
2: same. But yeah, yes, right, in, yeah. in
0: that, in mm-hmm. that, in that realm, why, yep. pick, why pink this song?
2: You know, um, this is the whole song. If you listen to it, it's just a big um, feminist shout out. So I just love that. Plus, um, you know, I just grew up with this. You know, this is like the beginning of the Riot Girls stuff, and I just, I just adore it.
0: I had forgotten that after Bikini Kill, the incomparable Kathleen Hanna went on to form that particular band that we heard right there, and it brought back this sort of flood of memories, because back in 2013, a great documentary came out called The Punk Singer. and so good. she. It's important. There are important people and stories who haven't been told, and it doesn't mean that you have to elevate them to, you don't have to put them on Mount Rushmore. You don't need to put Kathleen's, Hannah's face on the new nickel or whatever, right? But you have to know this pantheon of things that have happened here in America, especially if you're a music fan. I know that you are, Angie. I know Sean is. Music is, as I wrote the other night, I stayed up until... God damn near three in the morning, which is when I used to get up for work, um, (laughs) listening to records with my headphones in there. And it remains to this day, and I've done a few of the drugs, listening to music and losing yourself in it to this day. It was my salvation when I was young. And to this day, it remains my favorite and probably safest choice of drugs. It's it's my thing. It's the thing I love to do. Uh, and going out to shows, I don't do it as much as I used to. Um, And again, because you have jobs, right? You have kids, you have things you have to get done. But every once in a while when you're on the fence, pull the fucking trigger, go to the show, yeah. Buy the ticket you, and go to the show. You're never there and the go the like, show. I
2: shouldn't have done this. You never, uh, you never feel that well, way. Well, once or twice, but
3: more, <laughs> well,
0: yeah. more often than not, you're absolutely yeah. correct. You're like, oh my God, this is speaking. And at the very least, bring a good friend with you each time, because then even if the show sucks out loud, you're like, you want to pop next door yep. and just grab a quick one and then we'll get out of here and head That's home great. before either of us are drunk. Uh, before we let you out of here, um, so you have been a fixture here for a very long time, and you provide one... A lot of people love wine. I am not a wine drinker, but you have provided a great deal of the wine that a great many people love. And again, you and I have literally hundreds of mutual yeah. friends. And yes, I, don't, I don't know if I can actually say that I have hundreds of friends, but somehow you and I <laughs> on social <laughs> media do. have we hundreds do. of mutual friends. But I'm very excited and I don't want to make you or ask you to reveal more than you're comfortable revealing now, but you have a new endeavor in the works. You having worked in the service industry Having distributed wine widely, having been around musicians, interesting, creative people, you are undertaking a new personal venture, which I don't literally know one thing about other than you mentioned it to me briefly in a text message. What are you doing next?
2: I am opening a wine bar and cafe. Wow.
0: You, you know that in that business, the margins aren't yeah. very big, oh, I've right? I've done the math. I, yeah. I was going to say, <laughs> you probably know better than anyone, but everyone I've talked to, even successful people in the restaurant or service industry who are on the proprietary side, the margins are not huge.
2: They're not huge. But you know, it's the only thing I'm good at, Brian. So well,
0: well, and, and, and again, I, I understand that you're intelligent, you're articulate, you're, I mean, I, I can, I know you're going into this with your eyes open, but if it wasn't something you loved, which to me, is really the whole bit. It's not about becoming independently wealthy. Now, oh, that'd be, God, no. That would be don't, great if it happened. It would
2: be awesome, uh, but, but I, I am not, not anticipating getting rich, for sure. Why,
0: um, why do you want to take on the hassle, the heavy lifting, and the headache of opening your own
2: wine bar? You know, that's a great question. I, I really just hey I want to be my own boss you know I'm just tired of working for the man let's be clear that's the
0: only answer let's right there clear. that I'm interested in because <laughs> you if, even if you didn't say another word for the rest of the show the end that's right. the answer right working for people even when you like your boss yeah. still is working yeah, for people it's still working
2: for somebody else huh yeah but then yeah. you know
0: everything's on you right yeah
2: I yeah I do I do and I think you know I'm I'm of an age where I can uh, I'm I'm ready to take it on, and it's something that I've always wanted to do. And my kids are teenagers now, and they don't need me as much. And there, it's a it's kind of a great story, and I will tell you. Uh, I was sitting at uh, Grumpy's in Northeast. This is about a year and a half ago. And I was bellied up to the bar and just kind of putting in some wine orders, and um, and these two gentlemen sort of bellied up to the bar next to me, and we kind of start. Chit chatting as you do, and you're at Grumpy's, and everybody's your buddy, and I'd never met these guys before, and we start talking about uh, <clears throat> we start talking about real estate and blah, you know, blah blah blah, all this stuff, and and uh, as it turns out, the guy sitting next to me was kind of a, a real estate developer, and I said, oh, you know, joking, like you're the guy that I want to talk to because I'm I kind of want to find an old old building, I wanna, I really want to open my own wine bar, and so we talk about this a little bit more, and um, he called me a month later. And he said, I, f- I found your building. I'm going to put an offer on it. And I want you to open your wine bar. So when shit like that's ha- that happens, it's like, honestly, like, I, I was just floored. But, you know, I- you-, you can't say no. So you, you just got to just jump in with both feet.
0: Wild. So are you, now I know it's a ways off. And I know that you haven't talked to anybody about this yet or made anything really genuinely public. Yes. Do you have a name?
2: I do. So uh, Coquette. And Colibri. So I I get Mm. kind of a twofer here because the building uh, is from 1910. And then there's an addition off the back. Um, And so when I was looking at the building, it was like, well, I want this old part, but I don't know what to do with this newer part. Um, But in order to make the liquor license work for the whole space, I'm kind of getting a twofer. So the uh, the old footprint will be the wine bar that's Coquette, and then in the back will be colibri That will be the, it's, it'll be a coffee shop during the day.
0: Colibri and, spelled the same way like the old school lighters.
2: Um, it I don't know if it's spelled the same way, but uh, Coquette is a, a flirtatious woman, but also a hummingbird, and then colibri is just the French or Spanish word for hummingbird. Oh. So it's kind of ties in together. Always learning. Uh, Yeah. Where is this? It is in Northeast Minneapolis on Lowry Avenue.
1: Cool.
0: And again, I know that you, starting a new business, as I'm becoming ever more familiar with, is uphill, and the learning curve is steep, and I know that timing is never certain, and you never know exactly what's going to happen. Do you have any idea when we might be able to be invited to your soft opening, Angie. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I'm going to give you like kind of a squishy summer 2020. So, yeah. So construction has kind of started. It's on a little bit of a pause for the winter. It'll fire back up again, um, you know, in the spring or whenever things kind of warm up. And then, uh, yeah, I hope to be open by summer.
0: Two things. One, um, I'm very excited for you. Thank you. And congratulations. Thank you. Also, uh, Squishy Summer is now the new (laughs) name of my acoustic side project. I love it. I know it changed a lot, but I also have to first learn how to play an acoustic instrument before I can even start one. Uh, Also, Side Project is a little squishy itself because I don't really have a main project (laughs) going right now. Angie Mm. Heights, you are wonderful, and I, I can't believe we haven't... I mean, I know we've met before, right. but I, we haven't really spent any no, time together not. before. I'm and glad
2: that we got to do this. This is so delightful.
0: Let me do this then. Uh, and again, our summer, also a little squishy at this point. Yes, not really sure squishy. What, <laughs> what shape it looks like. When you are about to launch your new space, your new wine bar, Coquette and Colibri.
2: Yes, correct. Will you come back? I would love to come back.
0: I would love to have you back. You are delightful to have a conversation with. And uh, yeah, squishy summer. I mean, I feel like... That's been most of my summers for about the last fifteen years. Uh, I'm Not really a summer guy. I kind of prefer winter. Yeah. Uh, it was snowing a little bit when we started tonight. How do you feel about winter?
2: You know, I don't. I don't mind winter. I uh, I, I would say usually by the time that you know January February rolls around, I'm ca- I'm kind of over it. So uh, this one hasn't
0: been terribly I, no, brutal though. It actually, not no. Terribly it's been, brutal. It's
2: been totally manageable. It's been okay.
0: The thing I love most about winter, I think, is, A, it keeps, and I know this is going to sound so square. This is going to sound very big lake, what I'm about to say. It keeps the riffraff out. It does. When when people think like, ooh, those people, man, I mean, it's it's 20,000 below zero, and it's all shoveling all the time, and certainly we go through winters that are like that, but if it keeps out the complainers and keeps the state liberal and progressive.
2: Yep. I'm a, all for it. A fucking man. I'm I mean, all for it.
0: And the other thing I like about it is, even if it's not, and this winter has not been terrible, but when late March and early April roll around and being down here in South Minneapolis near the parkway and all the leaves and the yes, flowers start I to pop, that. and nobody appreciates spring more than the people who've that gone through so a true. dark, dark, dark winter. That's
2: so true.
0: All right, we're going to call it. I hope you don't mind, Angie, but I will have you back. I'd be oh, more I would than love happy to. Too.
2: That would be fantastic.
0: And good luck with everything because I know starting a new business is. Um, I don't know if your business partners or anything like Sean, but it's a pain in the ass. <laughs> oh right?
2: man, it's just me right now. So it's uh, it's, Ooh, yeah, all you, uh, yeah, it's all me. So it's it's like learning a new language, Oof. but well, with good. a lot more money. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> fingers crossed. Well, a yeah. lot more money on the line, yeah, right? Right, exactly. Uh, Angie, wonderful to see you. Sean, good to see you. Sean, do we talk about Edina Realty? Already? No, we're going to do that right now. Oh. I... I just got so excited. Angie's a wonderful (laughs) conversationalist. I apologize. So Sean, in addition to being my business partner and my producer and the guy I've insulted three times in the last minute. Sorry about that, man. He's also a realtor for Edina Realty at 50th in France. What is the most important now that we're getting towards the end of February? What is the most important thing? Somebody who's thinking about buying a house. We talk about selling all the time. People who are looking to buy a house. What's the strategy? What's the tactic? How do you outsmart The other people who are coming in, I mean, you just undercut them and just like say, I'll just pay a lot more than this.
1: It's really good to be qualified, uh, first and foremost. And the other thing I say to people is do not buy beyond your means. There are some realtors who say, oh, no, max yourself out. It'll be great. Do not buy beyond your means. Really look at your expenses. Uh, And then really, people say location, 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 but If you go look on most real estate websites, all it is is house, house, house. So you also need a realtor that knows the area. And if it's Northeast Minneapolis, like where where are the pockets where you want to live? What are the elementary schools that you'd like your kid to go to or junior high or whatever it happens to be? What's your commute like? Some people like to not live anywhere near work. Other people want to split the difference. But I just think it's really important to, like I always say, I know it's boring, but you have to do your homework or have a realtor that will do it for you. It's not boring. If
0: you're talking about a house, a home, a place that you are going to live, potentially raise a family, or at the very least call your base of operations... There are things that I hated doing homework on. Like, I was not a big geometry guy at all. In fact, geometry, (laughs) talking about a foreign language, geometry, I aced every other math class I ever had. Geometry was literally like a foreign language. I was like, I am now surrounded by reptilian shapeshifters. I don't know what's happening right now. So I didn't like doing homework for geometry. But when you talk about the place you live, you don't need to live in a mansion. Yes, we'd all like a nice, fancy home. We'd like a futuristic home. You want somewhere comfortable. Comfortable, convenient, located to resources that you need in your life as a person who's owned two different homes, both of them on the same block. So granted, I'm not going to try to be the same expert, but I love it there. We did our homework before we moved into that first one. And so when another opportunity down the street, literally five doors down, opened up, we moved into that home. Homework you don't always want to do homework, and maybe as an adult, you're like, "I'm fucking done with homework."
1: Doing your homework for something this important is absolutely crucial. And the houses like you and I lived in uh, and live in uh, have character. Those houses with character also tend to have some challenges. So you've got to check the foundation. You have to know what the difference is between a horizontal and a vertical crack, uh, and what might happen as far as foundation and all, all those sorts of things. And so we won't spend an hour and a half on that right now. But no, call we will me, not. please. <laughs> Well, at least, you know, we got the ad in. 612 uh, uh, You can also go to Sean Bernard at com. The name of
0: my new acoustic side project is Horizontal or Vertical Crack. It's the Brian Oak show. We're going to wrap it up. Angie, thank you very much for being here, Sean. Thank you Thank you to Audio Equip for providing us with genuinely professional pro-grade audio equipment to be able to bring this show to you. And thank you for listening. We ask that when you do listen, you subscribe, you share, you amplify to whatever level you feel comfortable with. And if this is a show that matters to you, we ask you to go check out patreon.com slash Brian Oaks show. As we move forward, next one coming up sometime in early March, we'll have the details for you shortly. We we are going to have another Patreon-only live event. Not open to the public, only available for Patreon VIPs. You can head over to Patreon.com, Brian Oak show slash Brian Oak show and find out more. And as we leave tonight, I've already forgotten what I picked for our
1: final song. You had me pick it, that's why.
0: That's uh, because I didn't pick one, so I didn't forget it.
1: <laughs> I just didn't care because it was your choice. That's right, that's exactly right. Uh, but I picked this song because... A, she's a fantastic woman. B, she's an incredible performer. Uh, Tina Cholesky from Tina the B-Sides. You know my my wife of over 23
0: years, her ex-boyfriend was the drummer in this band when this band first hit.
1: Which is crazy, um, but as much crap as going on right now with the... Uh, the caucuses and the primaries and everything else i thought this song would be a perfect way to end it tina and the b-sides politics polka
4: all right this is fucking politics take three <laughs> <laughs> no bears. in a corner did a house that I think just a gutter And every day it gets a little harder Just to make it to the next corner Don't have time to keep my shirts clean Don't have time to keep my teeth clean Don't have time to keep my pants clean Don't have time to keep anything Just enough time to keep me sane just enough time to give me strength, just enough time to give me pain. And if you see me on the street, oh, please don't give me money, hey. New big house who had this woman.